How are you? Hope you're fine. This is the Shaggy Show. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, Steve. Gonna be some drama ahead. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. I see your mental condition is improving. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he's had all that shy is right. Boy me, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello, Hello. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm alright. Um, so what's this episode going to be about? Well, we've got a guest, a new guest. I'm not quite sure if we're going to record this in more than one session, but, uh, well, let's run the theme music, and when we come back, I'll tell you a bit more about the guest, and we'll, we'll speak to him. Okay, run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, well, it's a positive thing, The High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. I mean, I'll, I'll go anywhere for potato. Delicious. Hello, campers. How are you? You quite like a big band, don't you? Oh, yippee. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I haven't found out my secret. Maybe he has. I love the Yeti test. It's my favourite thing. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I, I'm strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> I could eat more body weight in crisps <laughs> every day. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? It's all gooey and meaty and yum, yum, yum. the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Look, mommy, I'm famous. <laughs> Marvellous. Marvellous, Paul. Hi there. So, uh, listeners, yes, where am I? Well, I'm back in Salisbury. Um, I've been staying with my parents, but recently, um, in my pursuit uh, of new voices for the show, I've been chatting to all sorts of new and interesting people. And one of them is a gentleman named Levi, who is um, originally from uh, St. Lucia, but is studying, um, but is also working in Salisbury. So, although you'll remember we've talked to a few people this year, Matt in Germany, and uh, Luca in Italy, and Patrick from Poland via Estonia, but... uh, yeah, Levi is actually here um, in Salisbury and will be for quite a while. So we, we might speak to Levi quite a lot because um, when I come back to my parents, it's, it's always good to um, have more friends in my hometown. Um, obviously, I see Nick. Sometimes I see one or two other friends and I see Paul from school. But um, there's a good possibility that in the next two years or so that I could even be moving back to Salisbury so if Levi's still here then uh, which you know is a possibility uh, well I just hope we get to speak to him quite a lot 
but he's never done a podcast uh, before, and he said he thinks he'd be a little bit shy. But I, I said we we'd make it more like a conversation more than more than an interview, and and he and I have been talking a lot, like online, and getting to know one another sort of before we met in person. And today was the first day that we have met, like, face-to-face. Um, so it's, it's also Levi's birthday. Now, you'd think I'd be taking Levi out for dinner. And that kind of was the plan for tonight. But um, we've, um, we've hired uh, some recording space, which is unusual uh, for this show. But um, we needed to find somewhere that was, a, was sort of mutual ground because um, Levi lives in quite a busy house and I live outside of Salisbury when I'm at my parents. So yes, recording space was necessary. Although um, I haven't got a lot of energy. So rather than go out for dinner, um, we uh, have decided to eat in, uh, in this space. And I sent Levi out on his birthday to um, get food and maybe some drink. And, um, yeah, what a, what a bad, bad yeti I am. Although I bought him a present, and, I, and I'm going to take him out for a meal when we meet uh, on Saturday. Today's Thursday. Um, we're going to meet again uh, before I go back to see Dealey. Um, there's one thing I learned when um, Levi left the recording space, and that is that the key card uh, to this room affects all of the power in the room and I don't just mean the lights I mean the kettle the TV, everything oh, I'd never even thought about it, uh, he just thought it would be easier to take the key with him, I said oh don't forget the key, uh, I didn't really click that it was a key card anyway, it's not dark but if it was dark outside I would be sitting in the dark because nothing works uh, and the TV went off and, and I couldn't even make a cup of coffee. Um, but never mind. I've got, I've got some soft drink. And he'll be back soon. Uh, we're not having anything too grand. Just the McDonald's. And, um, yeah. And then we'll have a little chatter. But we might not record everything today. We might save some of it for Saturday. The recording studio we're in at the moment is called White Heart. Um, and uh, I've known about it for many years. In fact, I went to school just down the road from here um, and it's actually near a pub it was actually near two pubs I, really we probably could have staggered uh, to the pub across the road but um, but the recording studio doesn't have a, a lift and um, I managed the two flights of stairs but then we also discovered how much of a windy building this is it looks like quite a small building from the road but actually there's quite a lot of recording studios here and um, we're, uh, and ours was the Probably the furthest you could possibly be from the reception. So, um, I was a bit exhausted, really. I said when he left, don't get lost in the maze. And, uh, and uh, you know, I promised to send him a postcard or send my pet squirrel to find him. I didn't like to tell him I don't have a pet squirrel. But, but anyway. Um, yeah, we're not too far from another pub called the Chapter House, which is where... I'll be going with um, a number of friends uh, the day after my birthday in November. Uh, I, in fact, I just booked that restaurant uh, just the other day. 
you couldn't book any more than three months in advance, and we're now less than three months until I turn 50. Um, but anyway, um, I'll be residing in a location that uh, you'll find the scene on Saturday, uh, the night of, well, the night after my birthday. Um, really, I could have arranged to stay at this location, but, uh, but anyway, you don't need to know that. I think it's probably time that we introduce you to Levi, and um, uh, yeah, be nice to him, it's his birthday, as I say. I had to remind him which birthday it was. He thought he was a year older than he actually is, and that's not because he's as old as me. Um, <laughs> he just didn't do the sums right. Uh, <laughs> I said, no, you're not that age. I thought you were this age, and he said, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right, bless him. Anyway, right, let's speak to Levi. We'll play a little music, and once we have, Levi will be here. Uh, we might be full of McDonald's, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. There was none left for you. Apologies. Um, what is it like? What is it like meeting a yeti? Um, Are you scared? Um, well, I was a bit terrified at first, but this yeti is actually pretty nice. Well, also, turns out you're we're related because you're a Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, I'm short. Uh, my 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 um my type of yeti is quite a short yeti, but you're actually uh, you're literally a Bigfoot. <laughs> I thought I had big feet, but you've got. Big feet, like even bigger feet. Really big feet, it's like but size you are, 15. Yeah, but you are big anyway, you are tall, six foot four. Um, when you look at me, you just see, you think you have, sometimes you confuse me with an ant. You think, oh, what's that ant doing? Oh, it's Paul, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm so far down. Um, but uh, uh, I've been reading, um, been reading some poems to you. Um, um, some of them you've heard in person and some of them I did when you weren't in the room but uh, when you listen to this episode just imagine that Levi is here listening even though he wasn't I'll put listening sound effects um, it's just that I had time in the recording studio when Levi wasn't here so I um, did some recording um, but uh, yes so uh, which which of the recording studios have you enjoyed visiting most out of the White Heart recording studio and the Red Lion recording studio um the first one um red lion pretty not that good <laughs> i didn't know i know what you well i part of me like the red lion more because i kind of like it's older and it's got the nice courtyard but the service was almost non-existent in the in the restaurant like all the people were like standing there waiting to be checked in and the guy was just inside in his room um and uh and then I had to go and chase somebody for coffee, and um, yeah, yeah. But, the service was. Oh, the the the. It was really annoying. I didn't tell you when we when I was queuing to get breakfast. Rather than queuing in line, there's there was this guy 
he couldn't wait for me to finish putting sausages on my plate. He had to jump a few um, things ahead. And then he jumped back, and then he was in my way again. If he'd have just queued and waited, we could have just moved quietly down the line, you know, in, in order. And nobody would have bumped into one another. But he had to be... Couldn't wait. He had to. Uh, the guy really wanted his sausage. He really, well, he really wanted my. He really wanted my sausage or his <laughs> sausage. Wanted, anyway, something like that. Anyway, but um, um, I want to uh, talk to you, like this episode about things you like, like films you like, and music you like, and I want you to tell us about food, because. Uh, um, but we we may not do it. We won't necessarily do it in this location. We, we're going to go and sit outside. And if it's not too noisy, we might record there. But um, uh, we, we also, well, because you're in Salisbury permanently, or, or at least for a good long time, we're going to we're going to see Levi quite a lot, listeners. Yes. Yay. Uh, because we're family, so one yet he needs to hang out with another another Bigfoot. So so yeah, we, we'll we'll be we'll be speaking to him quite a lot. So whether we'll record this all this time or over the next few weeks um we shall see there's no rush for this episode to come out immediately so we'll just take our time but um anyway um i think we might listen to some more um of the poems i've recorded now and then when we come back we'll be talking more to levi about something else uh and um thank you for um being on being on the show and um uh, we will we'll, we'll look forward to talking to you more this episode yep most definitely can't wait to continue this podcast Mm. me neither well listeners one of the things that Levi asked me to do was to read him some of my poems uh, because uh, well I gave him three of my books uh, Pieces of Shayeti The Grrr just hits of Shayeti and some sketches that I wrote about Shayeti, which years ago I performed one or two of them on the show. So uh, throughout the episode, you'll hear some of the uh, recordings that I made either by myself or when he was in the room. But anyway, I hope you, I hope you enjoy them. This one's called Butterfly Honey. It was the butterflies who started it. If the bees can do it, then why can't we? So the butterflies began to make honey. Those who tried it actually said it didn't taste too bad. After all, the butterflies did hang out in similar places to the bees, only they tended to be lazier, somewhat more drunken. They simply didn't have the commitment, wafting dizzily from flower to flower, giggling. Those who tried butterfly honey reported that they detected a hint of tequila or maybe even some manner of absinthe flavouring. It was definitely an acquired taste. Butterfly honey was all very well, but suddenly everybody wanted a piece of the action. From cooing collared doves to the bleatiest of sheep, from cute and fluffy kittens to brightly feathered cockatoos. From bad-tempered badgers to boisterous budrigars, they were all at it. Fox honey, toad honey, cow honey, rabbit honey, wasp honey, spider honey, salamander honey. 
Even our local MP managed to excrete a little. Or was it grease? Was it pure smarm? I'm not sure I want to know. As I'm sure you can imagine, many of these varieties were not too flavoursome. All far too twiggy, tacky, chewy, scratchy, tickly, slimy, wiggly, wobbly, stretchy, bubbly. One or two somewhat beguiling, but most were simply bath-inducing, stomach-swirling, vomit-encouraging. Something for everyone, but only if one be a masochist. It was all a little half-hearted after that. Soon after, they all began to give up their individual honey-making businesses. Even the badgers, returning to their incomplete crossword puzzles, even the burping toads and the rudely farting foxes, returned to unfinished games of happy families and gin rummy, respectively. Even the butterflies got tired of making it preferring to hang absent-mindedly from flowers, listening to bad hair metal, for they all knew the truth. There was no denying it. Only the bees had the true recipe for honey. They would keep it to themselves, too. And all I can say to that is... Sweet. This one's called... The Stairs. Making an Entrance. She always did like to make an entrance... That particular morning, she did just that, processing down those stairs in her wedding dress, a vision of silk and bows, expensive perfume masking the smell of cheap cigarettes, smiling knowingly as if to say, yes, today is my day, you will notice me, keen for all the staff, for all the guests to see and appreciate her, her father on her arm bridesmaids following close behind, the chauffeur watching the clock, hovering expectantly at the doorway, eyes darting back to his vehicle, fearful of the yobs outside, excitement in the air, if only she had known what was to come. Later, even then, she made an entrance. Even when things were going wrong, she ensured that people knew crept up those stairs as if she hoped nobody would see her. The actress in her still needed the attention. Even when her world was falling apart, even after her girlfriend had failed to show up at the church, left to face her family and friends with no real explanation. Where was her wife to be? What had become of her? Had there been an accident or was it deliberate? Had she herself caused the situation somehow? Soon after her own sister was discovered to be missing. The truth, or some version of it, was soon out. The secrets revealed, standing at the top of those stairs, too drunk to think. Her love lost, without words, without apology. It was there and then that she made her decision, one final career move, throwing herself over the banisters, making an entrance to her very last moment. This one's called The Shush Police. The shush police are on your case. They saw you speaking face to face. And libraries don't like folk who chatter. Crushed in their stacks until they're flatter. You'll soon be feeling faint and sickly. They do not find forgiveness quickly. The shush police, they do not linger. And swiftly you'll receive the finger. The shush police, they're on to you. They'll prize your nails off with bamboo. 
Revenge is sweet and best served cold. These ancient ways do not grow old. Those ancient ways make life amazing. What type of hell might they be raising? The shush police won't warn you twice, for they love the chance to slice and dice. The shush police can be a menace. They don't pat dogs, they don't play tennis. They don't approve of fun at all. You can't sweet talk them, they won't play ball. They keep their eye on all their readers and do not trust the little bleeders. The shush police work for themselves. There's barbed wire on the reference shelves. The shush police like peace and quiet, so tiptoe to avoid a riot. I'm not saying that they're often violent, but I wouldn't risk it. So best stay silent, but read your book, just sit and stare. They're dressed in skimpy underwear. The shush police, so tall, so bushy, broad-shouldered hunks, so very shushy. My mouth got very dry whilst recording those poems. I hope they came out okay. So very shushy. I can do it now. I should have, I should have lubricated myself. and I are just chilling at the uh, Red Lion uh, recording studio and um, it's actually quite nice because we're sitting outside and I mean I don't get to do that very often no, I, don't, I do have a front yard in my flat but it's um, not the nicest place to sit because all the people are coming past to go to the station anyway you don't need to know this but anyway I quite like sitting out with a I got a, I, I'm, as usual I'm terribly greedy I couldn't decide between a cold drink and a hot drink, so I had both. Because, you know, when you're a world-famous podcaster, you can do these sorts of things. Because, you know, you're, you're raking in on Patreon. <laughs> Which isn't me. There we go. I'm still greedy, and I can still afford to buy myself a, co- a coffee and a Coke. But anyway, I'll stop talking there. Um, uh, Levi, um, are you enjoying chilling out at the Red Lion Recording Studios? I am having absolutely a blast. I'm here sipping on a glass of sparkling, sparkling water. water. The most expensive, most expensive glass sparkling water you could possibly get. Yeah, in a in a, in a clear glass of all things, oh, you can see it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like I always thought it was CGI to start with. I was wondering um, what what uh, well I when we were talking a while back. Um, I was pleased to find that we have quite a lot in common with music. You, you like quite a lot of music, of like old music, new music. Um, we were talking about ABBA and the Beatles when we, I was playing you stuff on YouTube, and you were like, "Of course I like ABBA. Of course I like the Beatles." But, but if you were going to uh, choose like some of your favourite singers, bands, songs, what, what's your top? What's your top choices? Top choices. Oh, that's very tricky. Um, it's, uh, it's quite, I mean, I like 
so much that I like, so it's hard to classify someone just being my top choice. Um, I tend to categorize them in like different eras. Yeah. So there's like modern people who I really like, but there's like really old bands and singers that I really like. So I guess if I have to say, um, Abo, like old music I would have to say ABBA I absolutely love ABBA mm. and if I have to say modern music it's, it's a bit tricky because like there's like a new popular band every few months so yeah. it's, it's hard to say um, but if I was to say artists I'm currently listening to a lot of their songs I would say huh, I would probably say I would say 1975 Mm. Yeah, who I know the name of, but I don't know how many songs there's. I know it's like it's like weird. Um, there are, I guess, when I was at university, a lot of bands that were like that sort of music in the nineties when we had Britpop. A lot of those bands were doing really well, like Oasis and Blur and Pulp, and all these bands were having top ten hits. And um, and even though there were other types of music that were popular mostly boy bands um sorry not a fan of boy not a fan of boy bands mostly um girl band girl bands I don't mind um Duran Duran I like but they don't really count as a boy band they probably were when they started because they were very young but they're not a typical boy band because their music's a bit more adult but yeah so yeah in the 90s a lot of those sort of rock bands were doing really well and now, now the charts is so sort of linked to a certain age group and a certain type of music that it's quite easy not to know who the big rock bands are because I, I don't know they don't feel like they're as famous as they as they were way back in the 90s because um, I, rec- I recently heard a song by the group The Foles called Exits which I really liked and I discovered that they'd been around since the noughties I just didn't know any of their songs or this I, I didn't know that I did if I did and there's quite a few bands that I discover and I find that they've been around for absolutely years um, but I'm, I'm sure if I'd been at university everyone would have been in the noughties and everyone would have been talking about them those would have been the bands that I went to see live but a lot of my friends aren't that into music they're into sci-fi and but um, they're not necessarily people who are going to say hey look at this new band have you been to any live shows or 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 would you are there people you'd like to go and see live? Would you like to go and see the nineteen seventy five live? Um unfortunately I've not been to that many live shows. But I am planning to fix this soon. Um I would definitely like to see the nineteen seventy five. But they're currently pretty controversial at the moment. Mm. Oh yes. So it's like, you know, would I be cancelled for going and watching? <laughs> so it's like, but yeah, there is. I would love to like you know go to more concerts and live bands and music festivals. Like these things have always been something that's that that has intrigued me, and I never really actually had any time to go to them. But this. This is this is something I think I, I have to change. I would love, 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 love to go go to a couple of them. Uh, I've never been to a festival, like in Slepton, a tent or anything like that. Partly because none of my friends, who did like music, 
wanted to sleep in a tent either. Um, like my, my my best friends Callum, who I've flat shared with for about 20 years, we used to go to gigs, but we never, neither of us were really that adventurous enough to go and sleep in a tent and go to, you know, and have to queue for toilets and things like that. Yes. Didn't really appeal to us. And I don't really like massive crowds, and I certainly don't like massive crowds now. So that sort of puts sort of put me off doing those sorts of things. So I went to shows, but only shows where you could go home afterwards. Uh... Hello, listeners. Yes, it's me. Um, we're currently in the Red Lion recording studios. Now, these uh, studios are a little bit smaller, but generally I think the ambience is... Uh, slightly elevated. Mm, I do. Uh, there's a, a courtyard, and you can sit out and have a drink, and you can have afternoon tea. It's a bit more oldie worldy. Um, it's still a bit of a um, well. <laughs> still, still, still a bit of a, a journey up to the, uh, the the recording studio itself, but uh, not as much as at the White Hart though. So. These recording studios were built, well, this one, this one dates back to the 13th century. Who knew they did recording in studios back in the 13th century? I've actually been to um, the, uh, uh, well, the, 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 the area where you can have afternoon tea. I've, I've actually been, I've actually been here a number of times. I'm not sure if we've been here. I mean, you, the listeners. But, uh, you yeah, know, I often used to come out here with Nick an afternoon tea sometimes um, or with Paul other Paul Paul from school um, we're not very far from that restaurant that we sometimes go to the Wildwood not that far from the cinema either um, but uh, Levi's just stepped out we'll, uh, we'll 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 do some more speaking um, imminently but I'm also going to record some poems and uh, yes um the weather is significantly better than when we were at the White Hart uh, recording studios back on well, Thursday, Friday. It's Saturday today and uh, it's sunny. And I was uh, earlier just sitting out waiting for Levi to arrive. And uh, a mixture of sun and a nice breeze. Um, I, I was meant to have stepped across the road and um, signed in for the recording studio, but... Um, uh, I was enjoying the breeze and the sun. So I stayed where I was for a little bit longer. In fact, I could have gone for a coffee. I'm not very good at going for coffee by myself. Um, I wouldn't mind if it was a waitress service, but uh, the uh, the cafe that I was sitting next to, the waitress service area, is right at the top of a big, steep set of stairs. I know that because Paul from school and I used to go there back in the day uh, when we were when we were but teenagers back when you went for a cup of tea and a sausage roll and that was like wow i am so grown up yeah as you can see paul from school and i were rather um conservative unrebellious teenagers yeah <laughs> well why not someone's got to be anyway um which poem shall i read next um i've got shaggy's greatest hits with me 1992 to 2017 um, I just turned to a particular page and it's got two poems that are fun to read so I'll definitely read those um, Granny Ethel keeps them decent 
I've, I've read this one before, but maybe not for a while. Granny Ethel was my granny. She was my mum's mum. And she used to, well, this makes it sound like this was the only thing she ever used to do. Uh, she used to draw bras on page three girls in the newspaper. I only know that because I found some of them in a shed in the garden and they all had very frilly negligees penciled over them. Quite right too. Dear oh dear. You wouldn't get that sort of thing in a newspaper these days. Most inappropriate. Some young child could be going through your garden shed trying to see what is being kept in there. And I found those newspapers. Well, well they did. I was that child. Thankfully I was protected by the uh, very, really rather good illustrations that my uh, granny um, used to uh, um, uh, restore the modesty of the, of, of the models. Um, anyway, I only mention that because there's a line in this poem. Well, that was kind of what inspired this poem. Um, but it's, it's not all that happens. But anyway. Granny Ethel keeps them decent, those naughty garden gnomes. She knits them woolly jumpers, sets them up in starter homes. They sit there simply fishing, yes, from dusk until the dawn. They have nowhere else to go, poor loves, they just look so forlorn. But they surely are more cheerful since Granny Ethel intervened. They throw the goldfish back now, always keep the pond side cleaned. Granny Ethel keeps them decent. Any nudist teddy folk who go out there to picnic and think nakedness a joke? No one likes to see a bear half-dressed, exposing all his fur, loitering in the woodland in a semi-alcoholic blur. Thanks to Granny, they no longer get the shivers, knees that knock, and passing woodland walkers are not given such a shock. Granny Ethel feels the same about the girls though on page three. She draws them frilly knickers, even though it might seem twee. No one wants to see a pretty girl minus clothing, quite bizarre. They obviously do not pay enough. Poor dear, she can't afford a bra. Granny Ethel gives them modesty. Granny Ethel knows what's best. Whether model, gnome or teddy, it's better not to flaunt one's chest. Yes. Uh, although I must say, I do know a number of gentlemen who would like to see a bear half undressed exposing all his fur. But that, that's by the by. I mean, this was written many years ago. Um, I'm going to read this poem, The Great Bookshop in the Sky. Bindings worn, spine cracked and broken, pages torn, their works unspoken, the black-hearted smudge of photocopy toner, cover scratched, one careless owner, dust jacket ripped, mouldy and bloated, unloved, forgotten, sad, dust-coated, Index stained with crumbs from pie, there in the great bookshop in the sky. Barcode defaced, two shillings cost, bargain basement, artwork lost. The name of kids who proudly owned it, the library stamp of those who loaned it. Price tag removed, pages scented, hardback cover badly dented. Bought as a gift but now unfit to buy, fit only for the great bookshop in the sky. 
Words highlighted with fluorescent pen, chapters missing one to ten, turned down by the Oxfam shop, only just survived that fearful drop. No home found in a waiting room, spring cleaned for profit or for doom. The career path of old novels left to lie, up to the great bookshop in the sky. If it were me, if I were a tome, I'd sigh and leave my former home. I'd let them take me, I'd go with style, be regal with a page-turning smile. I'd let them stack me, pack me away. I'd let them burn me, they'd not make me stay. I'd know where I belonged, and know I'd not be shy. Shelved where I'm wanted, in the great bookshop in the sky. Oh yes, I've sent many a book to the great bookshop in the sky. Sadly, we weren't allowed to donate the books we no longer used uh, to, book, to second-hand bookshops because they'd been paid with um, by, you know, government money. And they had to be sent... Well, we never really did find out what happened to them. They had to be sent somewhere. And we never knew whether they were then sold on or whether they were pulped which is just not even worth thinking about because how stupid, you know. Uh, uh, red tape, red tape. I did write a poem about red tape, but never mind. I'll read these two. A nice hot bath. This is a short story, a very short story. After a long day at work, all Christine dreamt of was a nice hot bath. She loved treating herself to new potions bath salts and bubbly concoctions. Her latest one was quite strange, however. It was called Tingle. It made every last part of her prickle. It was an odd experience, and she quickly grew drowsy. Ordinarily, this would have caused her concern, but that day, Christine just didn't care. She was too busy, slipping down into the water, her whole body tingling, melting. Oh well, she reasoned, trying not to panic. At least whatever is left of me will be clean. Um, now this one is called Never Trust a Skinny Fish and Chip Man. I do enjoy this one. It's not very long, but I do enjoy reading this one. Never trust a skinny fish and chip man. He should be six foot four, his muscles hard. His face should be a rosy coloured red too, and his arteries hold blood that's made of lard. Oh, never trust a skinny fish and chip man, because you never know what he might have in store. No, you never know where he has stuck his sausage if you see him eating salad, call the law. There's something odd about a skinny fish and chip man. He may batter you until you're black and blue. He may wee into your mushy pea container. But it's not a thing that anyone should do. So please do beware a skinny fish and chip man. He may worship you just like you are a god. But just be sure you realise when he snogs you that all the time he make believes he's kissing cod. Well there you go. There may be some more poems coming up. I'm just going to have a, a, a slurp of coffee and, and well, I'll be back with you in a moment. Hi, um, Ozzy, it's me, Paul. Uh, are you there? Hey Paul, quack, 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 I'm here, it's me, Ozzy, how are you? Quack, quack, quack. Um, 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 are you still in Australia? Um, I'm about to leave. Ah, right, well, um, uh, Cromity's got another mission for you. 
Oh, right. Quack, quack, quack. Marvellous. What do I have to do? Do I come back to you and pick up another parcel? Quack, quack, quack. Um, no, actually, on this occasion, um, you have to go somewhere first. Uh, you have to go and pick up a parcel and bring it to us. Oh, right. Quack, quack, quack. Exciting. Yes, you will find at the airport uh, tickets. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, you'll sort of divert um, to, to, yeah, fly direct to this uh, new location. All right. Gosh. Quack, quack, quack. Um, yeah. Uh, how, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Quack, quack, quack. Uh, quite alarming to hear about the whole uh, um, kangaroo business. Yes, yes, quack, quack, quack. Still, that's ancient history now. Quack, quack, quack. Yes, yes, it must be. Um, so, um, yeah, Australia. Gosh, I've always wanted to go, and there you are, you go, you get to go. <laughs> I know, I know, and I got to be on the, on, on the TV as well. Quack, quack, quack. Yeah, that's pretty marvellous, pretty, pretty exciting. Um, so, so yes, um, I should tell you where you're going. Going to a country called Berguria. Uh, I've been there before myself, actually. It's where our friend Charlie Gurr lives. Oh, yes, 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 right. Okay, Charlie Gurr. I've heard of him. Quack, quack, quack. Yeah, really, you're picking up um, um, a package for him. But um, he's asked uh, if if uh, he could borrow you to be the delivery guy. Oh, right. Okay. Um, what, what am I picking up? Well, um... It's pie-related. I'm not 100% sure. All right. Sounds great. Okay. Shall I continue to do my travel diary? Please. Yes. Uh, Berguri is quite a, you know, um, well, it's different, quite different from the UK or even Australia. Um, Lots of bears. Um, um, Yeah. Lots of bears who talk. And as a talking duck, I, um, well, uh, I, I I don't quite know how, how ducks and bears get on, but... Uh, It'll be fine. I just talk to them. Just talk to people. Yeah, they always love me eventually. Uh, eventually, quack, quack, quack. All right. Well, then you uh, you get your tickets um, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you when we see you because, you know, it might take a while to sort out the paperwork and things and don't rush. All right, Paul, I won't. Lovely to hear your voice. Quack, quack, quack. Yes, lovely to hear your voice, Ozzy. I'd better go. I'm on the show. Quack, quack, quack. You are? This will feature on an episode of the show, yes. Oh, marvellous, marvellous. Quack, quack, quack. Well, I'll keep in touch. You do that. All right. Um, see you soon, but not too soon, eh, Ozzy? <laughs> oh, no, I know what you mean. Oh, yeah. Well, I love the, I love working on the show. I love podcasts. Quack, quack, quack. Oh, uh, yes, we love having you. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye, Paul. Bye. Quack, quack, quack. 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 about films um do you have any favorite films or any i know we were talking about last night uh when we were hanging out in the studio a movie a movie came on and um 
listeners, uh, Levi might have decided to take a little nap at this point. And I don't blame him, to be honest, because um, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no big fan of Tom Cruise for many reasons. Um, and anyway, one of the Mission Impossible films was on this Mission Impossible 6, and uh, boy, was I not impressed. I don't want to be negative. I don't like to be negative on the show. But there's so much negativity I could give towards that film and his performance. But I'm not going to do that. Um, I think there are people out there who love Tom Cruise and there are people out there who don't like Tom Cruise. And I'm in, I'm in the latter. Um, anyway. But you were saying you don't really like action movies. Uh, and I don't really like action movies, which doesn't sort of help with the fact that Tom Cruise makes lots of action movies. Um, and the only action movie I tend to watch would be a James Bond film because of the history of... But I find, you know, one James Bond film every five years is enough. Don't need to see any, other, any others. But if you, if you don't like um, action movies, what sort of movies, what sort of movies do you like? Um, and uh, do you have any particular films that are your favourites? Well, I love rom-coms, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know a lot of people like, oh, rom-coms are very cheesy but I love rom-coms I leave brief <laughs> rom-coms um oh my god it's just what, um, what there's like? just just like just assume that's there's so many that what sort of what sort of you know like when Harry Met Sally or or um or more or more modern ones or or I'm trying to think of ones so like stuff like Nottingham Hill and Crazy Woman, like basically anything with Julia Roberts back mm-hmm. in like the early years in her career. Like, oh my God, I love Best Friend Wedding, like stuff like that. Like, I like. It's not a rom. It's not a rom com, but was it Julia Roberts who, who was in Erin Brockovich? Um, that was more of. She was playing a like a real character who was a who was standing up to businesses. She, I remember her being really good in that. Um, what, about, what, like, what about the British ones like Muswell Hill and. Did you say that? Did you say Muswell Hill? No. Nottingham Hill? No, no, no Notting Hill. Is Notting it? Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, Notting Hill. Mus- yeah, Muswell Hill is, a, is another place in London. I got it confused. You see, this is how bad I am with um, not seeing, not watching rom coms. What about uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral? Four Weddings and a Funeral. I've heard of this. Lo- no. Love Actually. Um, they're made by the same guy who did Notting Hill, so you probably should watch those ones. Um, and they're set in London. Um, I like, I like a film. Uh, the, the nearest, probably, although I'm known for liking horror films. Well, <laughs> makes it sound like people know who I am. Uh, my friends know me, me as liking horror films. My favourite film of all time is probably a sophisticated rom-com. Uh, but it's French, um, uh, Amelie, which is about a girl in France who's very lonely, but she she tries to make life better for everybody by doing nice things for them or trying to matchmake people, but not in an obvious way, in a very subtle way. And um, it, it's uh, uh, that's my favourite film of all time so you have to watch Amelie I definitely have to try it out and also because because you know French so you could watch it without subtitles possible uh, I don't think my French is that good <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You don't mind horror films to a certain extent, do you? Look, I love horror films. Yeah, because we were talking, um, we were going to watch one the other day. I love horror films, I just don't like. Well, what is what makes a cheesy horror film to me is just that there's there's a murderer out there and the murderer just keep just go around killing people and that's just the entire plot. I like I like I like my horror films with some sort of substance. Like I want to know background stories. I want to, <laughs> you know, I don't just tropes and characters just dying off. Like so, it really depends on the horror film. Well, that's the thing. That's what well, I, I do like slasher films, but I like ones like Scream or Halloween where where the you care about the person who's being. This is, this is the problem that you get with horror films is when they don't care about the characters or they think oh they're just all irritating teenagers well yeah you can have one or two like that but you have to have some that you care when they get killed or you don't want them to get it's killed exactly I mean it takes away if it's, if it's someone who you barely care about and they die it's like okay just dead <laughs> like yeah. you, you don't feel anything Like, but if it's actually a character that has a story has like you know then you could a relatable character and then they just they get I killed think, off then you're like that's the horror aspect I mean I think we're, we're nearly two well we're at least one film beyond this point now in Scream but they killed off one of the main characters in Scream 5 um, who'd been in all the other films and he was a really spoilers yeah spoilers <laughs> he was he was a re- really popular character and the trouble is I spoiled it for myself and I'd looked like a Wikipedia and, and I, so I knew before I saw it that he was going to die um, but actually I've said this before I, it actually made it even more sad because when I, because often in things like Scream, people get really badly hurt and yet they still manage. I mean, in Scream Six, there's a girl you see stabbed on on the tube, and yet she's able to run up to the. To the uh, when some other people have been attacked, she she manages to to run up and say, "Oh, is everybody okay?" And you're thinking, "You've just been stabbed." In, well, at least that's how what it looked like. You'd be stabbed in the stomach. Have they have they let you out of hospital? Or they stitched you up already enough for you to run into the site? In, uh, that, that's probably the. I mean, the plot armor. Probably the the most, not the what the whatever um, moment in any of the screen films that that girl manages to sort of turn up in the in the final scene just to sort of say oh are you all right <laughs> like well you were just we, we saw you collapsed on a platform no more than 20 minutes ago <laughs> were you just winded um, but when, when they killed off this character in screen 5 um, because I knew it was going to happen I knew that it was really going to happen if you know what I mean because I could if, I, if I'd have been watching it I might have just thought yeah yeah he's going to be he's going to kind of go oh it's fine I put my guts back in they stitched my guts back in I'm fine uh, and he would have popped up at the end but because I knew that that was the end I, when I watched it I was a lot more sad because I knew that they was, we weren't going to get out of this one um, but uh, a lot of criticism of when they try and do slasher films these days is that they make the, all, every single character so horrible that you don't care which is a big mistake. <laughs> I have some more poems for you. This one's called My Very Own Secret Garden. Today, I have the garden to myself. My very own secret garden. Today, I may seize my opportunity. Just keep myself busy and forget that in truth, it is no secret. Usually, this garden is full of those in the know. Locals such as myself, 
those who come to lose themselves in the peace of this happy hidey hole, a haven that few tourists ever stumble upon. Even on the quietest days one expects some human company, but today it is just the squirrels and myself. Oh, and a particularly inquisitive magpie, pulling shiny objects, wrappers and the like, from the waste bin closest to the gate. A gate where I now sit, taking my opportunity. I'm gradually building myself a wall, slowly sitting up, slowly stirring up the cement, replacing the entrance with bricks. Soon I'll be the only one who is able to appreciate the garden, a true secret at last. But, as you may say, how will I ever be able to leave? My reply, why on earth would I ever want to? Guess not really a poem more a prose piece. Um, I think I, I posted this somewhere, um, or it came up on Facebook, and, and I retweeted it. Or anyway, somebody, or a few people, said they really liked that one quite recently. Um, so it, it seemed like a good time to reread it. The next poem definitely is a poem, and it's rather ridiculous. It's based on um, uh, well, it's called Mystery Hen. It's about a mystery-seeking hen. And I wrote it because I took lots of photos when I was on holiday many years ago, well, a few years ago. Um, and in the, um, the holiday home, there was a sort of a metal hen in the kitchen sort of guarding the eggs that they'd given us at the self-catering place. And I liked the hen so much. I mean, I would have bought the hen if the hen had been for sale. But instead, I took lots of photos and wrote a poem. And it's called Mystery Hen. Mystery hen, she's enigmatic. She cannot swim, she's not aquatic. Yet fly she will, a mist of feathers, a storm of wings, out in all weathers. She may look sweet, but she's a killer, with the muscles of a mean gorilla. Gets the better of those greedy foxes, her victims' tails all stored in boxes. Mystery hen, she cannot cluck, her eggs aren't worth a single buck. Her wardrobe's full of neat disguises, Big wigs and beards, all shapes and sizes. She's wearing boots, they're armour-plated. Her beak's lime green and quite updated. Her mission is to find the truth. No cowering chick, that's warp-tooth sleuth. Mystery hen, she's looking frisky. She likes a drink, she bathes in whiskey. It keeps her tough and quite alert. It helps her think, it helps her flirt. She struts around the chicken pen. She's looking for some cock again. Her secret's out, she's quite a pecker. That floozy hen, a foul home wrecker. Such a mystery, she's so deceptive. Anti-hero, thief, or hen detective? What book's that from? Let me have a look. Uh, in the back of this book it says, Mystery Hen is from The Yeti Way of Thinking, from 2016. Oh. Maybe I've just used the word cower, cowering, cowering. For some reason I find that a very difficult word to say. Um, I don't know why. I guess if you say ow, no cowering, no cowering chick. No cowering chick. It's cowering, 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 powering. I don't know, I just, when I was reading that, I had I had fear I had a uh, uh, bing of, of of 
of, of panic. Um, and it must be that I've just used the word cowering in another poem and have had a similar response or problem reading it. When I was reading it, I was thinking, I've, had, I've experienced this problem before. Is this a poem I've read recently on the show? But no, it doesn't look like it is. It just means that, yeah, I'd probably use that word. It can be quite tiring reading poems. Um, let's see what else. I can read this one. My moment is now. My moment is now. My look seems is in. My tubbiness fashionable seems no one likes thin. No need to cut carbs, dear. You do fine. You'll go far. Be bury as bestest, so celebrate who you are. Your moment is now, so embrace it real close. There's no time for dismay or for being morose. To eat five food a day will not make you a hero, but eating nice pies will, so farewell, size zero. Our moment is now, there's no doubting the news. We can wear kipper ties, even flamboyant shoes. We're out setting the trends, we're there leading the way. We exude rainbow colours, even brighten up grey. The moment is now, no, you can't fail to see, with tail feathers raised and then shaken with glee. There's no need to repent, oh, there's no time to pause. Just get out there this minute and eat cake for the cause. Your moment is now, let your shirt buttons pop. Get those weight-watching losers into a hell of a strop. Pass the jam scone, sweet baby. Yes, I'll have double cream. Angel delight is delightful in my Haribo dream. My moment is now and my appetite's fast. I am looking my best, but I know it can't last. When I die, give me pastry, face my head to the sky. For I want to be buried inside the world's largest pie. That's written quite a while ago now. Um, I guess just a reaction to how some people think there is one form of beauty, I guess. That you're only attractive if you're a certain shape or size. And the truth is that lots of different people uh, are attracted to lots of different shapes and sizes in people. And sometimes you just want to stick two fingers up and say, um, I'm just going to have a pie today. Uh, yeah. um, another silly one, but uh, why not? This was inspired by uh, Dr. Neff, uh, Charlie Gurr's friend. Um, and Dr. Neff's dog. Yeah, it's called My Dog in a Dress. My dog in a dress looks better than you. Her eyes are bright, her clothes brand new. She wags her tail, she shows no fear. And unlike you, she's glad I'm here. She shows she's happy with her lively bark. Whilst you, my dear, you've lost your spark. My dog in glasses is, is far more swish than you ever were or could even wish. I know you try your very best, but my dog, she has a certain zest. Unlike you, she knows what's chic, what suits, so ditch your fringe and fake fur boots. My dog in curlers has it going on, whilst any style you had has surely gone. Stripes are just not in this year. You're wrong on that, my dog is clear. With her beehive hair and her new iPod, she looks the biz whilst once again you just look odd. My dog in fashion wears roller boots. She gathers others her new recruits. Yet none will look as good as her. Then, alas, there's you, uh, I never were. It's time you faced it. Oh yes, indeed. 
to just give up and accept my princess just took the lead my dog in a dress yes I maybe do some more but there are other things to be doing so so let's do those things first all right hello just sent you a message it's me Ozzy I'm not in Ozzy anymore I've left Ozzy I'm not in Ozzy no I was Ozzy in Ozzy <laughs> yeah crack 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 um now I am in Beguria where they make the pies where they eat the pies yeah uh crack 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 lots of bears as you said to me Paul lots of bears talking bears there they're very um yeah, very um, uh, distinctive, quack, quack, quack. So, um, yeah, I uh, haven't made the pickup yet. That will probably happen tomorrow. Um, I've tried some of the pies here, though. Um, yeah, quack, quack, quack. Everything's pretty cheap. It's good. Um, uh, I had, what did I have yesterday? Quack, quack, quack. I had, I had fish and chip pie. Yeah, it basically uh, your fish and your chips in a pie. Um, yeah, quack, quack, quack. Um, and there was sauce. There was a, a yellow sauce. There was a green sauce, an orange sauce, and a pink sauce. Don't know what they were. They all had strange flavours. Quack, quack, quack. I had one of each, though, just, just to try them out. I think I like the green sauce best. Yeah, I would have liked to have known what they were, though, these sauces, but I guess don't like to be too fussy. Uh, quack, quack, quack. Um, it's colder here than I thought it'd be. Quack, quack, quack. Um, there are pictures of Charlie Gurr absolutely everywhere. Um, quack, quack, quack. Still, it's quite, quite the experience. Um, huddled up under my duvet. Quack, quack, quack. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be, oh, I also had, um, for the first time ever, quack, 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 I had belly button fluff tea, quack, 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 that really is a distinctive flavour, yeah, very big over here, very popular, as is Charlie Gurr, quack, 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 as I say, there are posters everywhere, you hear his songs on the radio, quack, 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 um, he's on the TV, quack, quack, quack. Um, um, you can listen to him doing talking books, quack, quack, quack. He really is quite annoying. I mean, <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> no, he's everywhere, quack, quack, quack. Um, yeah, so I'll be making this pick up tomorrow. Not quite sure um, whether that's the only thing I have to pick up uh or whether there's more more than one pickup here. Um, anyway, I'll have to look at my itinerary, which I think uh, you have emailed me, Paul. Quack quack quack. Yes. Um. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll get back to you. I'll report back. Um, I was going to go to the Bergurian Mountains on some sort of trip. Um, probably before I do the pickup because I'm not supposed to pick up until like late tomorrow so uh yeah i might go to the Bergurian um mountains see what's there um i, I hope there won't be a kangaroo probably probably not <laughs> um but uh yeah quack 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 
so I'll report back. All right, it's me, Ozzy, reporting from Beggaria. Um, yeah, um, I I, uh, I was asked earlier if I wanted to hunt some truffles, um, uh, but I, I I had to decline. Quack quack quack. I've still got a bit of jet lag. I mean, yeah. Um, all right. Okay. Um, more soon. This is me, Ozzy. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. <laughs> reporting out from, yeah. All right. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> Tell us about St. Lucia. What, what, what do we need to know? What's the, what, what, what are the things? I know about the pitons. I, uh, you, you tell. I don't, I don't want to be doing all the speaking. You tell us what the pitons are. Okay. So, um, St. Lucia is a beautiful, tiny island located in the Caribbean, and I mean it's known for its beaches and it's a tourist destination. We have one best honeymoon destination for like I guess the past five years or maybe a decade don't quote me on it but it's been quite a while and it's, it's it's a beautiful island I mean I'm not gonna lie it's a beautiful island and we have two national landmarks which is the Pitons the twin mountains and it has a little history where I guess the Caribs, or like if anybody who's listening is like into history and geography, um, like the Caribs came to the Caribbean, well, came to St. Lucia because of the Twin Pitons. Um, they used to worship it as, as some sort of god or some sort of, you know. So we had like, you know, so it, it has some significance to it. And some cultures, it's almost as if it's like some sort of god sent mm. monument. Um, but Sanusha, 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 what can I say? It's, just, it's, a, it's a beautiful island. It's sandy beaches, it's warm weather, it's not like the UK where it's like <laughs> cold and cloudy and rainy all the time. It's like absolutely sun, sunny, bright, and just pretty chill. Yeah. And um, it's difficult to describe food uh, in words rather than pictures, but um, what what food would you make me if I was coming to dinner at yours? And, um, you've told me some interesting things, but tell the listeners. Um, so, if you were to come over to my house for dinner or lunch, well, not dinner, but for lunch or just a meal, I'm definitely going to prepare you our national dish, which is salt fish and green fig. And you're probably wondering, what's green fig? Yeah, green fig is basically unripe bananas. Yes, yes. Because I, I thought you, I was thinking of 
fig figs, and um, you said, no, it's unripe bananas. Okay. <laughs> no. So I couldn't have guessed that one. <laughs> yeah, so I think we call them like figs, bananas, figs, where we're from. I mean, it's, it's, a little, it's more like, a, I guess, a Creole kind of wood for bananas. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we have green bananas and saltfish as our local dish. Uh, the saltfish is like sautéed with a bunch of different seasonings and you know, sweet peppers and onions and just absolutely tasty. And sometimes it's served with a side of breadfruit, if you know what breadfruit is. Um, it's... how do you describe breadfruit? It's like... It's a ground provision, but it's 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 pretty it's it's tasty. It's pretty savory. So yeah, that's 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 definitely one of the view. Um, and then there's other dishes, but they're more like I mean we're more like there we tend to eat a lot of staples and ground provision. We're we're, we're very roots people. <laughs> we eat from the land. So it's like if you come to a West Indian's house, you're gonna get a lot of, you know, like sweet potatoes and like pumpkin and as I said, figs, bananas and like, you know, ground provisions. So be prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. And um, what about desserts? Do you, are you much, are you more savory than sweet or do you have, or do you? So oh. for desserts, you will probably get we have a bit of as our desserts are kind of like rice pudding. I mean, rice pudding is something I mean, you get here, right? So you eat as rice pudding, but we also have like our local jams and jellies. Have you ever had guava before? Mm. So it was like we have guava, guava cheese, which is basically like a thickened guava jam. It's mm. like so it's it's. it's and we also have like, you know, what we call tablet now. Oh, it's not medication tablet, no. but that's like the slang that they call it. It's is that, like is that like um, sh- sugar? Yeah, sugar, sugar cake thing. Sugar yeah. cakes, yeah, basically. Like that. Yeah, they have tablet in Scotland. I wonder if that's uh, yeah. any any sort of connection. Yeah, more than likely, because we remember we are very heavily heavily. Um, influenced by European culture, like remember when we talked about Saint Lucia Day? Yeah. And it's we because since we do have close ties with the UK and Europe, um, we tend to have a lot of similar dishes and you know, stuff that's rooted into our culture. I don't know enough about Caribbean history to know whether other islands are similar or whether yeah, all Commonwealth islands yeah. are to share because I mean as I said we just recently had independence from the UK so yeah. mm. we still share a lot of the same systems and laws like we were saying about education you do GCSEs and A-levels and um, I just don't think with the people I've worked with from the Caribbean that I ever got that fee- you know we, we got on um, and, and worked together and stuff but I never realised how close Although I never, I, you've taught me far more than I ever learned from working with people for 20 years. I've learned far more from talking with you. Um. So yeah, so for as we talked, I wish I had I worked with some of my money back home, but our money still have 
the queen. queen. The mm. queen and some UK people, you know, important people on our money. So we do have really, really close ties to mm. you know, the UK. Mm. I mean, we still have, well, now we have, it's a king, but we still have like a, a governor general yeah. uh, reports, mm. I guess, back to the monarchy. Well, we will talk again. Um, listeners will will definitely be speaking to Levi a lot more because, um, as I say, we not only do we have um, a connection via our countries, but um, Yetis and Bigfoots also have a big connection. Uh, so, distant yeah. cousins. Yeah, distant cousins. Um, so yeah, we 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 shall be we shall be learning more about our our ways and our connections and our similarities and our differences and it'll be great fun and and I was saying to my 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 mum not only is it it's it's nice uh, because you know you know people from work and but you know you come to any I know that I've gone I mean I haven't come from a different country and worked in in another one but I've you know when you I've worked in places where I didn't know anybody and when I first met Callum I didn't know anybody in that town and because I met him I then met loads of other people uh, who I'm still friends with to this day but yeah, it's nice, it's nice to meet people and, and who, who aren't necessarily the people that you you, you, you work with or live with um, but not only is it nice for you hopefully meeting me but it's nice for me because I'm going to be spending more time in Salisbury and yet as much as I love them I don't want to spend all my time with my mum and dad and I see Nick when I come to visit and it's nice to see him um, and at the moment this year I've been lucky that my friend Paul from school has been working in the area and he's been here every month when I've come back as well so otherwise I don't have a lot of friends in Salisbury so as much as I, I'm a friend for you uh, you, you're a good friend for me because we're both. We're both I, I'm a strange, a bit of a stranger in my own hometown, and you're a, a you're stranger. A stranger just a stranger, stranger. <laughs> a stranger. I, I'm a strange, I'm a strange stranger, and you're, you're a stranger. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, well, uh, welcome to the Shy Life Podcast. You're, you're never, me. you'll never escape now. <laughs> no, no, help me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Um, some more poems. Um, well, uh, I'm going to read this one, Little Pig. I know we've talked about hens and fish and chips and um, dogs, but now it's time to talk about pigs. Little Pig. Little Pig, a real bright spark. Little Pig hides in the dark. The older pigs, they laugh and snigger, but Little Pig, he's growing bigger. They won't laugh long, the last laugh's his. Sweet Little Pig won't lose his fizz. Little pig, he's never naughty. Little pig, he's pink and snorty. His curly tail they love to tweak. Gets longer, seems, now every week. Poor little pig, he'll become more tougher. He's joined a gym to grow still buffer. Little pig, he's discotastic. Little pig takes measures drastic to stop the fiends who bully him, who make each day so very grim. In his school bag hides something viler. A large and snarly pet Rottweiler. Little pig, he's well respected. 
little pig now well protected. The other creatures all treat him butte. In fact, some have been known to salute. They're dead polite now, yup, no fakin'. Pig's pet Rottweiler sure saved his bacon. <laughs> um, I've got a poem about a little mouse. I think I've read this one many times before, though, so maybe not today. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mustn't just read poems about animals. Um, I read this one, Leggy Blonde. It's a short story. Max couldn't understand why some men objected to their girlfriends having surgery. He didn't know what she was having done, but presumed it involved bigger boobs or a new nose. Claire had called it a birthday present. Their birthdays were close together, so he presumed they'd both benefit. Upon arriving at the clinic, Max was surprised to find Claire already up and on her feet. All eight of them. I don't look too spidery, do I? She asked worriedly. I've so many shoes, now I can wear four pairs at once, Max grinned. He'd always been a leg man. Um, here's another short story. It's called Laid. I don't know how to explain. It's weird, deeply weird. How can this happen? I should see my doctor, really, but I can't face him. Can't tell him. Tell him that when I woke up today, I found that I had laid an egg. An egg, of all things. I'm a 37-year-old man, for goodness sakes. 37-year-old men don't lay eggs. But now, as it lays there in my warm hands, I feel a bond with it. I want to protect it. I, I listen and I wonder, what is inside? I can't wait until it hatches. Of course, based on a true story of that time that I laid an egg and Abbot the Dragon was inside. Or did that happen? Or did that not happen? I can never be quite sure. Hmm. Next up we have Kiss Me Quick. Kiss me quick before I'm sick, before I lose me dinner. A gentle kiss, no, not a lick, like some oversexed beginner. Just kiss me quick, hard as a brick, and we'll soon have us a winner. A cunning kiss that plays a trick, a sly old money spinner. Kiss me slow, please have a go, before my clock ticks forty. A tasty kiss, not done for show, just done because it's naughty. Just kiss me quick, no need to blow, and please don't look so haughty. A simple kiss upon my toe. There's no shame in being sporty. Kiss me quick, you're very slick. I know you think it's funny. A splendid kiss that's laid on thick and not done for the money. So kiss me quick, a well-aimed kick. I'm not your fluffy bunny. A potent kiss, love, take your pick. Just kiss me. I'm your honey. Oh, um, yeah, uh... What else? What else can I read you? Um, flicking through. I don't want anything too long because, you know, we've got a busy episode. But um, Levi did ask. He did ask me to uh, read some poems this episode. So that is what I've been doing. Um, I might read this one. Hello, hello, I'm Halloween. Hello, hello, I'm Halloween. Here to turn your faces green. Here to give you sleepless nights, indigestion, laddered tights, a vision that is sent to test you, a sexy ghost who might molest you. So take a trick or win a treat, attend a phantom meet and greet. A pumpkin, if it's carved in error, can bring bad luck, can bring you terror. Hello, hello, I'm Halloween, the most fearful sight you've ever seen. A masked cadaver with a cleaver, 
A psychopath, an eager beaver, all out to get you, it's the season. Murderous intentions without reason. Beware or you will end up dead. Your downfall, careful where you tread. Your nearest exit you should run for. Look right, look left, or you'll be done for. Hello, hello, I'm Halloween. I'll bring bad dreams, I'll bring umpteen. You won't snooze sound the way you're going. It's more than insults they'll be throwing. Skeletons will flock to meet you. Zombies herding try to eat you. Gargoyles watch your every move. My dear, you've so much left to prove. I'm Halloween, but you're so hasty. You look so juicy, so darn tasty. Hello, hello, I'm Halloween. If I am king, then you be queen. But once a year I come to visit. What is that sound? Shh, now, what, what is it? Your chattering teeth give you away. So frightened and your pallor's grey. Why not embrace your inner freak? Give out a sigh, let out a shriek. Come run to me and be demeaned. You'll be my love. I'll be your fiend. Ooh-ah-eh, Well, listeners, that's about all we've got time for. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed meeting Levi. I hope you enjoyed hearing some of my poems. Um, as I say, I hadn't necessarily planned to do more poems because, as you know, there have been a number of poetry books of mine that have had anniversaries during 2023, and um, there may even be um, one or two more before the end of the year. Uh, but anyway, Levi requested it. And as you know, when we met, it was uh, it was his birthday. So, yeah, it was nice to better record in the White Heart Studios and the Red Lion Studios, two recording studios that I've seen many times in my life, living in Salisbury, but have never visited. I won't tell you which one I enjoyed most, but, uh, yeah, we may even return to one of these studios in the future, if not both. Um, anyway, that's what we've got time for. As I always say, we'll be back again soon. So uh, you take care and join us again. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll hear from Levi again too at some point. Okay, bye-bye for now. There might be one or two more poems coming up at the end of the episode. Okay, all right, bye-bye. Bye-bye for now. See ya. talking about programs that I wouldn't even want to watch the programs, <laughs> let alone a program about them watching those programs. It's so weird. It's like, uh, how, uh, how, as human beings, have we really been involved to just seeing people just comment on us? That would really desperate to hear other people take It's not even as if they're famous people, they're just people. Right. I mean, they might be famous to people who watch this program. Shall I read you Disco Yeti? Yeah, Disco Yeti. Okay. Disco Yeti, shining star, he's not size zero nor under par, he's not the sort with whom you mess, a dancing queen, well, more or less, he knows the moves, he moves with style, admirers gape in single file, how can this Yeti strut so cool, 
Yes, disco rhythm is his tool. <coughs> disco Yeti, no prima donna. He's centuries old, still not a goner. More active now than e'er he were, though with just for men now dies his fur. A large medallion on his chest, slave to the beat, he rides the crest. Although he's got big tree trunk thighs, beneath that glitter ball he flies. Disco Yeti pulsing beat, no doubt this beast's got disco feet. Paws so agile, clicks his claws, wooed away to distant shores. The dance floor clears, the spotlights shine, onto this dancing mm. yeti, oh so fine. Disco creature, so suave, so wily, he's one half yeti and two thirds Kylie. Disco yeti, he's no himbo, growls aloft and flares akimbo. Limbo, foxtrot, not the wolves, will leave this yeti feeling false. But under lights so bright and flashy, backflips to music kinda trashy. But who's to say his life is petty? Disguise the world's soul. Disco Yeti. That's a good one. Thank you. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. It's been good, but yeah, definitely time to come home now. Wow, really? No kidding. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. This one goes to the rhythm of I Will Survive. But it's... So you could theoretically sing this too, but you don't want that. Um, It's called I Will Eat Pies. First my place was laid and then my eggs were fried. To put the gravy through a sieve, well, you could not decide. I ran up so many flights when I heard that dinner gong. There I belong, and now I sing this simple song. I had a snack. I stuffed my face. All you did was stand and jeer as if I was some deep disgrace. What made you wear that dreadful frock? What made you make that stupid plea? If you had known I just had seconds, you'd have proper clobbered me. Go on now, duck. I want some more. I'll pretend I didn't see you drop that pie upon the floor. Back when I weighed a ton, oh then I used to be so shy. Did you think that pastry crumbled? Did you never wonder why? Oh no, not I. I will eat pies. So long as there's a cake above, or a nice Swiss roll, or five. If you've a syrup sponge to give, oh, just stop acting like a div and feed me pies. I want your pies. Oh, pies. When I eat a pie, I'm glad, but then I fall apart. Left here to sit and tend the pieces of my broken tart. I've got your pastry in my sight, and I want it for myself. It makes me cry that I've got nothing left to fry. 
Will you feed me your tasty stew? I'm still that hungry little person who will smile and loves to chew. Would you want to see me eat thin? Do I have to pay a fee? Now I'm saving all my stuffing for some pies I bought for tea. Go on now, love. Feed me some more. I'll pretend I didn't see you drop those pies upon the floor. Back when I weighed a little more, back when I used to sit and sigh, did you think I'd break the table with the sheer weight of my thigh? Oh no, not I. I will eat pies. As long as there's a cake I love, or a nice cream eclair, or five. If you've a spotted dick to give, it should be quite easy to forgive. Just feed me pies. I want those pies. Sweet pies. Mm-hmm. Hi. This is pie now. Oh no. <laughs> I feel quite full reading that pie. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just really wonder about this show. I really do. I'm a big fan of his poetry. You are one last poem. One, one last one. So, which one is it? Good hug. Good hug. Mm. Mm. Um, she gives good hugs. She makes great tea. In a king-size mug, though, she'll charge a fee. She'll mow the lawn. She'll wave her wand. Get the hoover out and clean the pond. She'll dance a jig. She'll surf the wave. In a beehive wig, she'll misbehave. She gives good hug. She'll cast her spell. Dresses up like William Tell. She'll test your fears and charge straight through. Have a kung fu fight with a snooker cue. She knows your mind, but not her own. With ties that bind, she'll always foam. She gives good hugs. She makes great plans. With a screaming horde of teenage fans. She'll tuck you up and let you rest. Knows exactly what you most detest. She'll lure you deep down underneath. Her next door neighbour's name is Keith. She'll cure your woes, but drains your soul. Chase your foes and then eats them whole. Takes a long, long stroll off a short, short pier. Pops her cork, then disappears. Yes, she'll pat your head or feel your knee, but you can't expect that to be free. Some of these um, lines are very, they're very small for me to be my I'm not bathing outside. <laughs> you know, some of Paul's poems don't even rhyme. What's up with that? Dude, it's still cream, you'll make it. I'm a bit of pressure as well. Just the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Howdy, folks. Dust off them calendars, because September 15th through the 17th, y'all got to be at Pride48.com. We're saddling up for our grand finale. Join us and explore the rich tapestry of our community with a heap of eclectic LGBTQ and LGBTQ-friendly podcasts from the full Pride 48 stable. This here's your last chance to be part of this nanny. Looking for more info? Well, just mosey on over to the Pride 48 website for all the juicy details. Don't forget now, 
September 15th to the 17th. Only at Pride48.com. Et voilà.